When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's hard to know when you start, isn't it? Because sometimes we start immediately because Leanne cheats and she doesn't tell us that it's on and then it's on, isn't it? And then we're like, oh, I didn't realize that was on until it's on. And then it's in the podcast. And you think, I really wish I hadn't. But Maureen wishes she hadn't brought up uh, that COVID test up the bum. (laughs) Well, if anything, Maureen's like, let's go back into detail. I really wish I hadn't talked about that anal COVID test. (laughs) Mind if I just put a swab up your bottom? And relax, relax, Maureen. It's like that when they do smooth tests. And relax. You go, yeah, I always relax when a metal instrument is approaching my nether regions. (laughs) Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Okay, before we start the show, we'd like to thank our latest Patreon. Thanks, Emily. Hopefully see you soon. And thank you for being our latest Patreon. Thank you, Emily. And just a quick reminder that we do have another fantastic WTB new material night coming up on Monday, May 3rd. Uh, it will be the three of us. And our two fantastic guests will be Sarah Barron and Sally Ann Hayward. So join us, 8 o'clock tickets. Uh, the link is on our Facebook page. You will find it there. I can't believe we're talking about cervical smears, but you started it, Maureen. Just on that note, is... I went for a smear years ago and the nurse got really cross with me. She went, why didn't you tell me that your cervix was around the corner? I said, <laughs> I said, I'll be honest with you, I had no idea. She said, well, I've been looking for it for ages. I said, I know. I'm very well aware that you've been rummaging there for a while. And uh, she said, and, and it's around the corner. So the next time you go and get your cervical smear, could you tell them that it's at 11 o'clock? And I was like, yeah, sure. So that's... How would you know that? That's ludicrous. I remember once when I went for one and the nurse was, she couldn't, she wasn't getting anywhere. And she went, I'll just get a smaller one. I thought, well, what did you do? Look at me and go, better, better get industrial size. It was like, what the hell? She'd go get a smaller one. Also, they always make some comment about your sex life, don't they? Do they? Well, they do about mine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel 
feel very left out. I feel like they're just assuming there's no action in my world. They're like, let's not even bring it up. And you're and you do you, are you having sexual intercourse regularly? And you're like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a long term relationship. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, not the way you're imagining it. No, they, they, there's never any concept that you might be gay. They never sort of go, and your partner might. I mean, I was like, you know, the haircuts are clean. The partner. <laughs> How is your husband? I'm not married. He's not a man. Can we? What? Uh, his dick is shaped like fingers, so it's not a real big. Alison, we were once in, at the Bronte Museum, and because uh, we could get cheaper tickets, because Chloe was a member, but the guy couldn't get his head around the fact that Jen's partner was a woman, wasn't it? It was quite funny. He was being, he was nice. He was being very nice, but it was obviously a bit of a problem for him. He said, have you got a partner? And I said, yes. He said, oh, great. Well, then um, when you sign up, then your partner, when he comes, it will be free. And I said, she. And he went, I'm sorry. And I said, she. And he went, when he, and I said, no, no. she, when she. And he went, oh, of course, of course, absolutely, absolutely, of course, that's absolutely, I mean, write whatever you want. I mean, that's, that's, that's absolutely fine. I mean, yep, 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 yep. And he went on and kept talking. I think he felt really embarrassed because I think he he felt he'd been out of step maybe, I suppose. Well, he'd corrected me. That's why. He went, he. I went, no, she. Yeah, she. <laughs> of course, of course, that sort of thing's happening these days, I imagine. I mean, I, I, <laughs> down south, <laughs> where you all are. Actually, no, I don't know if you've been to Manchester. I think the concept just really blew his brain and he didn't quite know what to do. And he, I didn't feel like he was about to give me some sort of homophobic slur. I think no, if anything, he was like, how, do, how does one talk to a lesbian? I I, uh... I have heard of yeah. you people <laughs> that you are alive in the country, but I did not know that you could be in front of me. So funny. You're like, actually, buddy, you probably talk to a lot more than you're aware of. I mean, this is we're in the home of the Brontes. I mean, this is basically like a place for lesbians. I mean, this is like where we go on a full moon. <laughs> Anyway, how has everyone been? Well, Jen, I have to say a big thank you because I got a surprise present yesterday from Jen Brister, didn't I, Jen? You did, Maureen Younger, and I'm such a wonderful person. You are. I was like, I got this box. Well, it was not for me. i got to bring this in for the neighbours. And I went, oh, it is for me. <laughs> got a box of saucepans and frying pans, really nice ones. I'm aware that you're doing lots of cooking, Maureen, for your new lifestyle change. But I am also aware of what you're cooking on. And I thought, <laughs> do you know what? Maureen had a conversation with me about something made of butternut squash. And I thought, do you know what? Let's do something about this. Because it went brown. I wasn't sure if that was because of, I hadn't cleaned the pan or not. But I think we think it's now, it's because I put beef stock in it by mistake. Yeah, that was actually what it turned out. Because <laughs> that's the natural ingredient that goes in a vegetable dish is beef. And also I've been doing, as you may have noticed, I've been doing some little mini videos like of me and the Spi as, as the Spice Girls. It's really upsetting, Maureen, actually. <laughs> the Wonder Woman one really sent me into a tailspin. But you dressed, you as one of the Spice Girls, and as all of the Spice Girls, I, I, that sent me over the edge. I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out of this. And in fact, I wrote on your Instagram page, I don't like it. Well, ladies, you're going to be pleased to know uh, I've done a special one for WTB. I won't go, I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm going to, well, WP can put it out and it's us as a threesome. Hang and, on, uh, easy. <laughs> oh, as a threesome, not having as a threesome. As a threesome. Okay. I also did one of me and Jen as the Golden Girls. To be honest, the angle of it made me look like I had a triangular face, so it didn't really work. And a mon monobrow. <laughs> Maureen, were you Sophia? N no, I was I was the Blanche and uh, Jen was, was Bea, Bea, B Bea, whatever her name is. B? B? Yeah. Yeah, not Bayer. 
B. <laughs> you know that that character in the Golden Girls, Bayer. What? <laughs> There's Blanche B. Um, and uh, Blanche Dubois, but Rose. Rose, that's what I'm thinking of, Rose. Oh no, Rose, I was Rose. Who was the one? Betty White one, I was the Betty White character. I think you'd do a good Blanche actually. Actually, actually I think Leanne could be Blanche. So Leanne is Blanche, I'll be B. You are definitely Rose, Maureen. And Alison, it doesn't really fit. Guess I'm Sophia. Sicily, 1962. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> I think the actor that played Sophia wasn't that far off the age of all the other women. It's a bit like the guy that played Frasier's dad. Or the guy that played uh, Jim Rockford, if you remember the Rockford Files. He was just a couple of years older than James Garner. I'm probably showing my age here. Look at you all shaking your head going, what were the Rockford Files? That's the show from the 70s, Maureen. It was fantastic. James Garner. My mum loved the Rockford Files. I think it's because she fancied James Garner. Another topical reference there. Yeah, <laughs> The Rockford Files. Crying out there. <laughs> Alison, what have you been doing? I don't know if you guys saw or not, but I put on um, social media because I'm trying. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to get active on the social media for us all. I put up a picture of uh, when I went for a walk with Danny and my dog, and my dog didn't make the walk. And so we have a little puppy backpack, a little rucksack with a little hole so his head can come out of it, and he sits on the front so he can look where we're going. I now carry my dog in a rucksack. I also have a doggy water bottle, which whoever invented that is has to be a millionaire because that is the smartest thing I've ever seen. It's literally a water bottle and then you just push the button and it's got a little bowl at the end of it instead of like how we drink. And so the dog just has a little drink of water. So I travel with a doggy water bottle and a rucksack now. Alison, I think you are an incredible dog parent. Thank you. I'm not going to say mummy because that's weird. You are an incredible dog parent. You really look after Bear. Bear is spoilt, if I may say. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I'm just loving hearing about all of these ridiculous, I mean, sorry, all of these gadgets and these accessories that you can purchase for your dog to make your dog's life easier, but also your life easier. Who wants a dehydrated Pomeranian hanging around, struggling to get through the day? Nobody. And you have found a way to ensure that your dog is hydrated, that your dog does, if it gets tired, is looked after. Because... You know, in this country, we love animals. I don't think we can emphasise that enough. We love animals more than we love human beings. There are British people listening to this podcast going, this all sounds absolutely on the money to me. Maureen, obviously, we can't include in that because she she's unable to care for herself. So don't expect her to look after another <laughs> thing. <laughs> that is fallen on my shoulders. Um, but... I congratulate you. Well done. When you look at your dog thriving, do you feel good? It feels good when people are like, oh my God, he's beautiful. Look at that coat. And I'm like, well, we do do a brush every night and we add in some condition. I found a really good product. And so it does feel good because people are like, oh my God, he's beautiful. And I'm like, go on, go on. I mean, your dog's hair is nearly as glossy as yours. <laughs> I know. We're going to have to liven this shit up soon, guys, because um, somebody better have something. <laughs> Did anyone go clubbing and stick, what was it? <laughs> what was stick it? Stick a vodka, vodka tampon up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Alison, before we started recording this, was telling us about how back in the day. Back in the day. I will say this. I have not tried this project myself. It was a friend, a friend of mine. She used to put tampons in vodka and then put them up her woo because we were saying before <laughs> her woo-ha, her woo her daisy, her vagine. Uh, her vagine. 
uh, because <laughs> Leanne, our producer, was saying that people used to put pills up their up their rear. So I was like, oh my god! Well, you know, in Canada, we were a bit behind. Just vodka soaked tampons up the uh, the old yeah yeah oh. What we did when we were young, guys, and here I am. That's probably why I'm giving a dog a water bottle now. That's that's what happens. <laughs> I mean, I love that people were stuffing things up their orifices and achieving ecstasy uh, or whatever it is that they're achieving <laughs> or, or just inebriation. Uh, can you imagine? Because it's quite hard. Sometimes even now, even though I've been drinking for many years, I kind of sometimes just miss that point where I go, actually, I've now had too much to drink and I'm, I'm full of regret. But if you're shoving a tampon up your hoo, hoo new, your hoo-ha, your woo-hoo, your daisy, your noo-noo, whatever you want to call it, your vaj ola, <laughs> how can you possibly know? You're like, uh, I mean, who's having that conversation? What, how many tampons are you having up tonight? Oh, I think I'm a three-tampon girl. Oh, I can only do one. I can only do one tampon, otherwise I'm absolutely <laughs> bad-faced. Jen, tell us what you've been doing this week. What have you been putting in your holes? That's what I want to know. What's been going on with you? <laughs> As you know, I've been very athletic this week. Uh, I've been kayaking. I said I've been kayaking. That sounds like I've been every day. I've been out on a boat. I went it once. <laughs> <laughs> I went kayaking at the weekend. And um, it was very tiring, actually. Went out for an hour. And I thought I was going to love it. And I didn't dislike it. But I wasn't like, wow, I really want to do that again. I was like, oh, that's a nice experience that I have done now. Good. Glad that's over. It's inexpensive. It's really good for your core muscles, by the way. It really worked out my core. And it would be a very good way of, of, of uh, keeping fit because I was absolutely shattered at the end of it. It just seems like a right ball ache. I mean, I have to put all this shit on and then take a boat out. You've got to carry the boat. Then you've got to clean the boat out afterwards and you've got to empty your stuff and then you've got to be, 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 be. I just thought, you know what? The way I, I just go for a swim and it's, do you know what I mean? That seems easy. And the whole time I was on the water, I kept thinking, I really want to be in the water. Because it was such a beautiful, beautiful day and the water looked so blue and clear and yum, I was like, oh, I'd rather be swimming. So I did. I went for a swim afterwards. And do you know what? I enjoyed it a lot more <laughs> than the kayaking. But while I was out there, I thought, this is Maureen's idea of hell. I would have been at the coffee shop watching you. I would not have, been, I would not have gone in the boat. Sometimes, Maureen, you frustrate me more than others. <laughs> I can go for weeks or months and you don't frustrate me at all. But today... You're sending me into a tailspin. Jen, do you want to introduce the next section? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Come on. Uh, it's time to find out what your B-Marmorin moment is. Look, I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet, Maureen. <laughs> I meant my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out of it, okay? <laughs> we were in Haworth, and there's a steam train line nearby. So I was there with Jen and her mum, and we got on the train. We didn't realise, like, 50 years celebrating. And I kept saying to Jen, oh, my God, look at all these train spotters. Because, honestly, the whole, whole way we went, there was just train spotters all along the line. And Jen kept pulling faces at me and kind of looking at me in a strange way. And I was, what's the matter? We're on this old train. There's some massive anniversary about this steam train that's been, I don't know how many years it is. We get on the train and on, on every side of this train, you can just see men with notepads taking notes and looking at the train and being, oh, this is fucking great trains. Oh. Maureen is sat on the train going, oh, look at the state of that. 
tragic. <laughs> she did. She says, look at, she said, look at all these men just standing around looking at a train. Flipping heck. I mean, who does that? Also, well, they do. Who does that? How boring. Can you imagine, Jen? Can you imagine? I'm like this with my eyes. My eyes are getting wider going, boring. Can you imagine just standing around looking at tra- The whole time, Maureen's doing that with her eyes like that. And then we get to the end of the train line. Maureen's like, why were you doing that with your eyes? I said, Maureen, in that train were train spotters. We were basically on a carriage full of men that love train spotting. And you were just going, look at the stupid men with their bloody pads. <laughs> looking at What kind of losers do that? The men... The man sat next to you, Maureen. <laughs> and I went, oh, well, that's why you were... Because f- you kept looking at me and kind of winking and everything. So, oh, that's why you were pulling your face. Because I didn't realise why she... I thought, why is Jen keep pulling her face at me? Because you're trying to get me to shut up. Because these men were looking gradually more and more sort of deflated. As you were, like, <laughs> basically insulting them. What are these losers? <laughs> that we are currently surrounded by. <laughs> I would love to know what was going on in the minds of each man on that carriage right now they were writing some pretty severe notes i'm sure maureen i'd like to hit her with a a 1972 steam engine sorry i don't even know anything about trains for all of our train listeners i mean no neither do i to be honest but it was evident that they um they were part of that team (laughs) just enjoying the ride i was like read the room maureen read the fucking room She MCs most of the time. She's great at reading a room, but she's not working. She's not fucking working on a train. Get ready, gentlemen. You're about to be ripped apart. I was like, look around you more. The compartment's full. I was like, oh, yeah. In hindsight, I enjoyed it. But at the time, it was excruciating. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was actually a very good beam morning. And I'd forgotten about that. Well done. We peaked. But we haven't peaked, have we? Of course not, because now it's time to head over to the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. Well, certainly on my screen. I don't know why I even ever mentioned that. It's irrelevant. It's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Okay, this is a this is a problem, and I think this is um. Well, I was I was into this because I I can kind of relate. How do I tell my religious parents I'm an atheist? And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. My mom was religious, and my father was not, so I had a, the best of both worlds. So I could pick and choose when I wanted to touch in and when I was out. But it is hard. It is hard. And so I was thinking about this, and I was like, ah. Eh. Because I remember when I told my mom I wanted to stop going to church. And, you know, she tried. She was like, oh, are you sure? Because like, for the last two years, she would always uh, bribe me by uh, saying she would take me to McDonald's afterwards. So that's when you know your relationship with God is at its peak. When Chicken McNuggets is what's <laughs> keeping, you, keeping you there. So uh, eventually I had to break the news. She took it okay. She saved a fortune on McDonald's. Uh, so, but But this is serious. And it's really hard. Especially if you are in a very religious household. So... First thing I want you to remember is that it's not going to be one conversation and it's over with. Okay, number one. So this is the sort of topic that will take some time. So be gentle when you start the communication into this and stay open. So, you know, because your parents may take this as a bit of rejection of them because these are their core beliefs. This is what they feel. So if you're saying, I don't believe this, they might take it like you 
don't agree with them. So remember that. So be very gentle and loving. Maybe also, like, when you're beginning these discussions, really let them know that, like, you love them and you appreciate them and this is not about them. So these are these are topics that you can kind of go into the discussion with. Let them know you've thought about it for a long time, okay? So people don't think it's all willy-nilly and that they can change your mind, right? Oh, well, did I? Let them know, look, I've thought about this. It has been some time. I've looked into this. And be confident in what you're saying, all right? So they, they don't, because they're going to try. They're going to try. But... If you just say, look, this is not a whim. I've made the decision. This is how I feel about these things. That's something that that needs to be done. I would even say right out ahead of time, maybe script a little bit of what you want to say because in the moment, discussions like this can get overwhelmed. So I'm always a, I'm always a big fan of this. And you could do it something like, um, I'm still focusing on being a good person. I just no longer want to follow any set doctrine. But I rather want to explore myself and continue on this journey of being my best self for you guys. Let them know that, all right? So this that, that's kind of a nice way to kind of phrase it gently. It may provide your parents with a bit of comfort uh, if they are reminded that a lot of spiritual people sometimes stray away from things to find their own path and journey. And they might just back off a little bit if they think you're just, you know... You're not going to change your mind, but again, we're easing them into this. So a lot of people go off on their own path to figure things out. It is their foundation. So also when you're saying you don't believe what they believe, you know, you can't strip away. It's like you can't say to them, just being gentle about that, I think, is the main thing. The other thing I want to say is before maybe you have this conversation, find a friend maybe a support group, so you have the people that you can talk to about this after it happens so you get the support that you need. And I think that's about it. Just just please remember to be gentle. This will be an ongoing thing. It won't be accepted right away. It may never fully be accepted, but you just want them to understand you still want to be a part of the family. You love them. You're just not into this doctrine. That's what I would say. Thank you, Alison. And that's, that's again, wonderful advice. It's very difficult, isn't it? And I think that thing that you said about it's a rejection of your parents, I think that's a big part of it, that it's rejecting their values, their beliefs. And then to say, do you know what? I don't believe that. I, that's a really big thing. And, it, and you know, it, it can take a while for parents to come to terms or for people to come to terms with the fact that you might not share that 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 same sort of not not necessarily values i mean you can share the same values but ultimately not want to use religion in order to seek i don't know community or solace but a lot of those principles that we abide by or we adhere to could be considered core christian values they could be you might say do you know what they existed before christianity blah 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 whatever but however you want to look at it you could always kind of create those parallels but that doesn't mean i don't share the same values as you and that that's the kind of conversations that you can have where you go i share the same values as you i believe in the same morality as you i just don't want to stand and sing um the Lord is my shepherd. And sorry to go back to it, but again, groups is really important. Finding finding a support network, because I'm also talking from this from a standpoint where it's like a bit more casual. There are some people where religion is the whole, that's it, you know, like that is family. That is what they do, everything. So that gets harder. Or even there are some belief systems like, okay, I'm not comparing it to this, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts about um I'm not saying religion is a cult for those of you who are religious, so ease up before I say this. I listen to a lot of things about people who leave uh, groups where they have certain thoughts 
and um, their whole world is shattered because they're discommunicated from family. They're just now those are severe cases. So that's why I'm like find support networks before you get into these kind of conversations. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I'm coming at it from a oh, I was brought up Catholic. I don't want to go to church. That's very different to you know we come from a religion where it's culturally and you know within our family is so intertwined that one is you know family and religion are are as one that's completely different and to those people i would say please don't listen to anything i'm saying <laughs> yeah i'm to give it but these are these are just some things to keep in mind but obviously as three women that certainly have little or nothing to do with church we may not be the people to ask <laughs> uh, alison thank you very much Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks, yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> and now, um, I don't know. It's, it's a bit. It's TV time, isn't it? Let's find out what we've all been watching on television. Oh, Maureen's perked up. Hello, Maureen. Yep. <laughs> you sort of disappeared for a little while there because it wasn't about you, but now she's back again. I've been I've been watching um, old episodes of Would I Lie to You? I love. It's the only comedy panel show I watch. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love, I think Lee Mack and Dave, David Mitchell are fantastic captains. I particularly love it when Bob Mortimer's on. I just love Bob Mortimer. Um, and you know what? When I'm down, I just watch a few clips from that and it doesn't it don't half cheer me up. I don't know, you two fans of it? I categorically dislike every panel show that's ever been created, uh, primarily because I'm not on it. But I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> I do enjoy that one. I think it's really fun. Um, I love... Despite the fact that they're all white men, I'm going to have to say we have to obviously prefix that. We have to acknowledge it, don't we, Warren, this, these days. But the fact that they're all middle, middle-aged middle white men, they are brilliant. And I thoroughly enjoy watching them. I love Lee Mack. Lee Mack's amazing, isn't he? He's just so quick. Can I recommend his his first stand-up show at the Bloomsbury Theatre? You want to watch that? It is the jokes, the joke, the gag rate per minute is amazing. And the ad-libs are just, you're in awe. So that's definitely worth it if you want to check out a comedy DVD. 
Is Would I Lie to You still on now? Is Would I yes, Lie to it's You still on? Because all I ever do is see the old episodes with Bob Mortimer, who I think has been my favorite, because Danny started showing me. Because we've never had Would I Lie to You, and can I say, I think it is one of my favorite panel shows that I've ever seen in my life, and I don't know why it hasn't gone over to North America. Has it not? Never. I've never seen a show like that. Maybe, I, maybe I've missed it, but I've never seen a show like that in North America. I mean, the premise of it, if you don't know, is that basically... Um, there's a panel. There's two. There's three people on each panel, isn't there? Yeah. And the 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 team leaders are Bob, not Bob Mortimer, David Mitchell and Lee Mack. And on that team, everyone has a story that they tell, and everyone else has to figure out if it's if they're telling the truth or if it's a complete lie. And some of the stories, particularly Bob's, are so bonkers that you're like, absolutely no way any of this can be true. This is complete. And then and then you go, nope, true. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Bob, you have had the most bonkers life. Um, but it's really, really fun and it's really, really silly. And 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 uh, Rob Brydon hosts it and he's the perfect host, irreverent, fun, silly, and he keeps it light, he keeps the pace going. No one's unkind or horrible to each other and everyone just sort of gives each other space to talk. And yeah, it's great. I really like it and I definitely recommend it as a panel show. I was being, you know, obviously being facetious twat earlier. We would all really love to be on Would I Lie to You? Oh my saying. God, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, don't, no offence, guys, but don't hold your breath. Um, <laughs> but they're great. I think Dave Mitchell and David Mitchell and, and Lee Matt, they're just the perfect, com- they complement each other so well, don't they? Because they're so different. It's Yes, they do. And they all look like they're mates, don't they? You can tell that they're all mates. And so that makes it really fun as well. And it's great to see loads of um, women on there. <clears throat> uh, I had to really bite my tongue. This last five minutes, I've really had to keep it in. Yeah. I take nothing away from the people that are on it. They're great. You guys are great. Um, anyway. Yeah. Let's, 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 why, let's open it up a little bit, shall we? Let's see if we can include some other people that don't have aren't white and men. Can you see if we can do that? Okay. Thank you, Maureen. That was a brilliant suggestion. I'm sure people are aware of it, and if they're not, check it out. There are loads of clips on YouTube, aren't there? I have been watching a movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It's called Sound of Metal. Uh, and it stars Riz Ahmed as a heavy metal drummer who is losing his hearing. And it's really, really, really fantastic film. It's been nominated for several Oscars. I think Riz Ahmed certainly has been nominated for Best Actor. And also, I think the sound design has was also been nominated because it's, a, it's incredible what they've done with the sound to make you hear his journey of his hearing loss and what he can hear and how it gradually deteriorates until he can't hear anything. It's just, I'm not going to give anything away at all, but it's just this uh, journey of this young man losing his hearing and how he copes with it and how he deals with it. I've got a few friends who've seen it who didn't like the ending. They thought the end, they thought the ending just was not good enough, but I actually like the ending. I thought the ending is because it was literally just telling you a story of this man's life in this time, in this period and then of course the film has to end <laughs> because otherwise I'd still be watching it I really cannot recommend it enough I thought it was absolutely brilliant I thought Riz Ahmed's performance was outstanding there's so much that was going on in his face there's something about when actors are really able to articulate emotion and what's going on because obviously in real life that's not how we we don't do that do we We're like i'm going to let you know exactly how i'm feeling by doing certain things with my face because people are like what is happening to you are you unwell do you need a poo um so watching watching that but obviously as an actor you have to do that because 
Otherwise, you're like, what the fuck's happening in this scene? He's, he's, he's dead behind the eyes. He's blank. So uh, he does that perfectly. And um, all of the acting in it is brilliant. I mean, really, I think he was the only actor I recognised. I mean, there might be actors in there. You go, oh, no, he's that person from such and such. But he was, for me, was the only one. So it felt like it was quite almost like an indie film. It's available on Amazon Prime if you are a Prime uh, uh, subscriber. And if you are... Definitely watch it. It would have been amazing to watch it in the cinema. And it's such a shame that it won't get a cinema re release because it's certainly what they've done with the sound. If you're watching it on a big screen with all the speakers everywhere, with that surround sound, you would get such an incredible experience that you cannot possibly mimic on your television. But yeah, definitely recommend that. And Alison, do tell us about the horror that is happening in your brain. Yes, the horror that I've chosen for this week. Speaking of religious families, this one, it's newer. This is an absolute fantastic movie. It is called Red State. It was based off of the Westboro family. Unbelievable. So this movie was kind of based on it. Also based a little bit on um, David Koresh and that whole situation. So essentially what it is is a very religious family. The movie starts off. They kind of put out ads to lure in young guys if they want to have like a threesome with a woman like it's a, you know and they get men in and then the horror begins just to let you know that google starts the plot with three horny teenagers how american are these names travis jared and billy ray yeah you get an idea it's southern it's southern <laughs> yeah billy ray yeah can't believe their luck when they meet a woman online who says she wants to hook up with all three of them at once, but the promise of sex is a trap, and the boys find themselves in the hands of Aben Cooper, a lunatic preacher who spews so much hatred that even neo-Nazis stay away. And that's when the horror begins, I imagine. John Goodman's in it! Yeah, John Goodman is fantastic in it. Uh, because this is so... You, you see this movie and you're like, this is unbelievable. But it's not. It's amazing. I think it was a movie that was really, people didn't, it was just moved on from. It, it looks absolutely awful in the way that it should be because it's a Yeah, yeah, film. yeah, 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 yeah. It's not cheesy. It's, it's a great budget film. Like it was made really well. It's a proper motion picture. It's not one of these little tiny, you know, B-rates that I'm trying to get people to watch. Is it gory? I wouldn't say it's really, really gory, but it's shocking. They do a good job of building more on terror and, and the fear of, like, the situation and what this could do and, like, the power of people in their belief for religion, it's terrifying that way. As far as gore, not so much. But there is one scene that is a little woo, but, yeah. I, you know, I'm intrigued by it, and it's mainly because John Goodman's in it, and I love him. So I, I pretty much, if he's in something, I think, oh, I'll watch that because I like him so and much. And it's a real different character he kind of plays. It's a real different character because he plays like a sheriff. Like, he's one of the guys who gets called in. He's the negotiator. So he's the one who goes in to try to talk to the head of the church, you know, like they did with Koresh. Like, they had a negotiator. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really, I recommend that one. So Red State, that gives you a real perspective on that. Okay. Yeah. That looks great. Yeah. Alison, thank you very much. I actually think I might watch that. I don't know when, though. When can I watch it? Chloe doesn't like horror films, so I don't know if she wouldn't let me put one on. When you're travelling, when you're gigging again. I'll be in my car. Oh, then don't, yeah, don't watch it when you're gigging again. No, I won't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put it up on the, instead of the sat-nav. <laughs> just put Red State up. <laughs> do you know what? I bet you people do that. I'm sure they do. And on car drives, they go, I'll just put that up on the corner. i tell you who, i tell you what um, George Egg does and George Egg won't mind me saying this, is he takes his computer with him 
and he puts um, a DVD on or whatever on his computer, and but just the sound, and he'll listen to the movie, the movie that he wants, as he's driving. And he and I said, but you can't see it. And he goes, yeah, but you know, you still get the idea of the film while you're driving because a lot of it's dialogue. And then when there's no dialogue, you can kind of feel the tension from the music, and so you kind of know what's happening. And I've I'm, I'm only playing movies I've. I've seen before, so I know I can fill in the gaps. He goes, and then I feel like I've watched the movie. Well, I suppose it's like listening to the radio, though. It's like listening to a radio drama, isn't it, I suppose? It, I, I mean, I guess it is. But also, if you know the film, then you're not like, oh, what happens in this bit? Anyway, I won't be watching Red State uh, in the car. So just in case any, just in case the DVLA are listening. <laughs> Don't be daft. <laughs> and now it's going to be Maureen's Cultural Corner. Uh-huh. I haven't started it. Maureen. Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> right. So now, what corner has been cultured by your corners, Maureen? Hey, this time it's music. Obviously, we can't play any of the music for copyright reasons. But uh, these are three guys that were kind of big 70s, 80s, late 70s, early 80s. First is Luther Vandross, who our producer Leanne and Jen are a big fan of. If you haven't heard of him, he was a really in-demand backing singer. And then he was like the lead singer for Change. I've got that. I was playing their 12-inch earlier today. And then he, he, he did his own album, Never Too Much, W album. And he was absolutely massive. Great songs, Never Too Much, Since I Lost My Baby, If Only For One Night, Just name a few give me the reason to love want you back i just tweeted something that, uh from a concert because he's not only had a great voice but he, technically he was so skilled oh sugar and spice is such a great because he's also i'm so in love with you yeah. yeah 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 she's a super lady is she though luther is she <laughs> yeah do you know what? I was listening to him on the radio once. He came on and I was singing away and then they rapped over him. I was really... How can you rap over Luther Fandross? No one raps over Luther. Not on my watch. Another thing I was thinking from that period, I don't know if you're a big fan, T- Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, yeah. What was his big, big hit? What was the big... Um, he had uh, the, um, the whole town's laughing at me, close the door, love TKO, turn off the light. Oh, turn off the lights. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely fantastic singer. And he, he was like a crossover. And they actually, because he was so popular with women of different races, they used to have actually concerts where only women would go. And then he had this horrific crash in the 80s. Uh, that Apparently somebody played, uh, he bought a new Rolls Royce and somebody fiddled with the brakes. So this massive crash in the, on the freeway, he became a paraplegic and the guy next to him w- walked away from the, the crash without a scratch on him. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah, this really tragic life. But he had he was a... Absolutely fantastic singer. So uh, check him out if you haven't heard him before. And you might not have heard of this guy, Bobby Caldwell. I have heard of Bobby Caldwell, but I I, I know the name. But I, if I heard a song, would I recognise it? I, don't, I know. There's a classic song called What You Won't Do For Love, which is a, like a massive big hit from the late 1970s. And he actually recorded with a, a record company that produced black music. and But he was white. And so they hid, they hid the fact that he was white from the cover of the album because they didn't want people to know he was a white guy because people assumed he was black because it, for the record company and the music and the voice. And then when he went on tour, he was supporting Natalie Cole to a predominantly black audience. Everyone was in for a bit of a shock. And there's actually a really funny, I saw it on Twitter once, where you see this guy listening to, because at the beginning of the video, you, he's in shadow, so you don't see him. And then the guy, see, he just assumed that he was a black singer. And then you see him, you see his reaction when he realises he's white. And it is, it's actually quite a funny uh, 
funny little clip. But that album, I mean, I've got friends who've got whole bedrooms full of vinyl. This is what people did in the 80s. And that his, uh, his debut album is like something that everybody wants to get hold of. Like, it's really hard to find. So if anyone's got it, feel free to phone us on 555. No, you can get the electronic version, but you obviously want the vinyl, don't you? What You Won't Do For Love. Check it out. It's absolutely fantastic song. And yeah, I just found it funny that they actually, if you look at the cover of the album, they hid, they took, you know, they went to a great effort to hide the fact that he was a white guy. It's interesting, isn't it? Like that, 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 I mean, that's one of the only only occasions I know of in the that where like being white was a, a disadvantage. Well, fair enough. It's got to be at least one for Christ's sake. Do you know what, Maureen? I quite like. Maybe we should um, have an eighties Soul Weekender, ninety late seventies, early eighties Soul Weekenders. Uh, um, Cultural Corner for the next couple of weeks. Can we do another one next week? As I get older, I do find myself predominantly listening to 80s, 70s and 80s soul music. But, you know, I, mean, I think for me, they remind me of my youth. So I, that's why I enjoy listening to them. So, like, whenever I'm down, I pay, play the fatback band I Found Love In. And it just always cheers me up. Maureen, thank you very much for your corner that was cultured. Uh, who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> we are three quarters of the way through the show, but we are not at the end of the show because, of course, we have to go through the rigmarole of my bit. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say it like that. We need you because we need to know what, what we can get our goats about. So, Jen, this week, what's got your goat? I think it's primarily been me, but anyway. <sighs> Other than Maureen. <laughs> Actually, Maureen hasn't gotten my goat this week at all, just today. Um, <laughs> I suppose the thing that's gotten my goat um, this week is, look, I'm not, I want to prefix all of this by saying um, I, I have no interest in football. And we will not be speaking about this regularly, can I say that? I want people to, just listening, no, I don't support any football teams. I don't watch football. I don't know anything about football. I sometimes, I used to know a bit about football because I just gleaned things from green rooms of men talking about football. And then I'd be like, uh, suddenly I know who's at the top of the Premier League and why Chris, Crystal Palace might be on, going to be relegated or something. But that was, you know, years ago. Now I know even less. But this introduction of the Super League really made me very cross. <laughs> I just, it seems to go against everything that football is about. First and foremost, I understand football to be a sport that is for working class. It was, was traditionally a working class sport. It was a sport that was for families, a sport that was that was to be accessible to everyone, irrespective of you know what your so-called class is. It's supposed to be about the best team winning, not about who had the most money. And the very idea that all of these teams that have like so much money should create a super league where they can never ever be relegated, where they can never ever ever uh, lose money, where whether or not they make terrible decisions means that their team will always be on top. It means that what is the point of sport? What is the point of football? What is the point of going to support your team if there's never any risk, or if there's never any like chance that your team, do you know what I mean? Or that there's no chance of your team entering the super league because they don't have enough money that they're permanently excluded from this league because their team aren't being funded by some billionaire flipping Russian. So I, the whole and the whole concept, again, what it creates is another two tier system where certain players will be paid bazillions and other players get paid a lot less. 
I just find it absolutely appalling. And it is everything I hate about capitalism in one fucking uh, package that has been created for for sport. It's sport, you pricks. That's all it is. It's men kicking a fucking ball about. It's not happening, is it? It's not, it's not going to happen now, isn't it? Oh, isn't it? No. No, because oh, a bunch of them came together and decided... Your fans yeah. went mental. And I think, you know, because it's, it's Americans, uh, Chinese, I think, and the Saudi Arabians owners were behind it. And what I don't think they clicked is that how important football is to, like, Europeans and to Brits. Culturally, not just... It, it, culturally, it's huge. You can't take it away from the fans. Football fans weren't going for it. I mean, I don't know if you saw the the, the, the scenes outside Chelsea last night. They rioted. They burnt uh, jerseys. Great. Good for them. But if you saw some of the, like, you know, I think they had Rashford. Oh, he's always there, isn't he, Rashford? Good lad. So you had, like, major, all the major football footballers, football pundits, everyone was going, it's just not on. And also it's pointless because the whole thing about playing these big teams is that it happens like once a year. If you're doing it 12 times a year, who's going to go to these matches? It's not going to be of any interest to anybody. It's just such a gross money grab. It's like if you had the World Cup every year, it wouldn't be the World Cup anymore. The reason the World Cup is special is because it's every four years. And I think what they they underestimated was how angry people would be. And so within two days, basically all six uh, English teams have, have, have dropped out of it. Well, this has made this bit bit redundant. <laughs> no, but it, but it is. No, it's not. Because I think, you know, it is the fact you've got these billionaires who basically don't, they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit about the football. They just see it as a money-making machine. And th- that kind of sums up um, a lot of what's going on at the moment, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just that with football... You know, the fans were like, we're not having this. And you can't have a game without fans. Well, that's what they said. They said, oh, it it doesn't matter what the fans think. We can still go ahead. But what they underestimated is that the clubs need fans. And so if the clubs don't have their fans, then they're like, we're out. I mean, you had people who've been supporting that team for 100 odd years, whatever their great grandfather, grandfather were going. How old are these football supporters? But you know what I mean? They had like generations of like, it was like a family thing. And they were like, right, that's it. You know, you had Liverpudlian and Manchester United fans coming together. Do you know how difficult that is? Coming together for the first time. Yeah, Yeah. of course. That would have been an impossible... You would have thought that's not possible. You know, Chelsea fans, Man United fans, Liverpudlian fans, all all singing from the same hymn sheet. Well, that's good though, isn't it? That just shows that, you know, that's a bit of people power in action. And that just shows that you can make changes if you... If you if you feel passionately enough about it, I mean, wouldn't it be great if we felt passionately enough about the NHS to do that? <laughs> but this is a podcast, sans politics, so we can't go into that. But we can, and we're all politically neutral anyway, Jen, aren't we're we? We're politically neutral. We, we don't, don't have any, have any, <laughs> any ideas either way. <laughs> we don't have any ideology or, or political allegiance. We are, as always, politically neutral. Uh, but the Tories are a bunch of scum, bag cunts. Okay, good. <laughs> So <laughs> that might get cut. That might get cut. And fair enough. Fair enough, frankly. No, our producer's like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I love it. Hey, listen, I've enjoyed today, uh, today's podcast. It's been fun. We'll have to do this again. How about next week? Yeah, let's do it next week. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. 
And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. <laughs> Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.